0: Welcome to the Vorthos Podcast with your host, Matt W. Ruff.
1: Thank you, Bob. So, this is part two of the Ten Commandments series we started last week. And we're only, this is going to be probably the shortest one. Because I I have a reason for breaking it. I want to do the five last together. So today we're just doing number four and number five. The fourth commandment is, you shall remember and keep the seventh day holy. Now the full commandment reads like this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a day is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For six days the Lord has made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all the things in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the day, the Sabbath day, and made it holy. Now there's several things in that the that this verse that sort of espouses all kinds of things it's more than just the seventh day rest and and so there's a lot in here so let's first start with every seventh day <clears throat> for one it's the one commandment that a whole bunch of people and I'm talking about serious Christians tend to say, "Oh, it doesn't count anymore." Um, I have a different take, and I see their point—not to say they're totally wrong or anything—but when Jesus fulfilled the Mosaic Law, my opinion, which I've stated earlier, he didn't. He didn't. Abolish the Ten Commandments. He wrote the Ten Commandments. If you believe in the triune God of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus was at Mount Zion when the hand or finger of God wrote these commandments. So it, for all practical reasons, was him. So why would he undo something that he'd already done? So that's key to me. Um, now, Paul does point to in both Colossians 2 and Romans 14, like he's saying, you know, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying it's not important because I don't think he meant that. I think he's saying it's not when when you, You can still do things on the Sabbath. You have to understand the Sabbath law. They weren't allowed to travel. I mean, in Israel today, in some, I've seen, in a, I experienced this in New York City, in a Jewish part of town. On Sunday, in this Jewish, uh, heavily Jewish Orthodox area of New York, the elevator, you get on it, and it automatically goes up. Every floor and opens. You can't press the button because somebody has an, interpreted that would be considered work, and so you can't press the buttons. And you, it automatically goes up, opens, goes up. It's called the Sabbath elevator. In Israel, public transportation doesn't run on the, the Sabbath, which in Jewish terms is Saturday. That's what the name stands. Sabbath means Saturday. Now, to be clear, God said, keep the seventh day holy. There is absolutely no rule or even the spirit of the rule of the law, of the commandment, that that day has to be Saturday or Sunday or for all practical reasons, it could be Tuesday. If your work schedule is such that you work Wednesday through Sunday or Monday and you've got Tuesday, you know, Monday and Tuesday off or just Tuesday off, guess what? Tuesday can be your seventh day of rest. That's all it says. It does not say it has to be Saturday. Now, from the Jewish perspective, they say, you know, every seventh day or Saturday, blah blah and they have the rituals they go through. We're not bound to those rituals. The commandment says every seventh day you shouldn't work. And I think that's a very good thing. Now, most, but the, the you know, Jesus performed miracles on Sabbath. I don't see that as not, you know, I don't think that was work for him. And in no way was it not holy. I would not think for Jesus, you know, healing is work. He's not a doctor you know, having to perform a surgery when somebody touches him or he touches somebody and they get healed. I don't see that as work and there's definitely nothing non-holy about it. So, you know, but it goes further in the, in the full commandment. You shall not do any work, neither your sons or your daughters or your male or female servants in place of that. Right. If you own a company, your employees, okay, and your cattle, and any guests that are staying with you. The word "sojourner" is you know an old word that we don't use today. Um, so a, jo- a sojourner is means a person that is, this is not their home. They could be just somebody passing through. I mean. Remember, hotels were somewhat rare back then. Um, sometimes people would, would visit people and stay for a while and rest up before they continued on their path. Um, sometimes they were distant relatives. Um, so, you know, a sojourner in some ways is a traveler who is not from your neck of the woods. Um, much later in the series, I've got something to say about that. But anyway, um, so I don't think it's work. I mean, and then there's, you know, let's just say you're a professional, you're a serious Christian and you're also a professional football player who plays on Sunday. It's not a problem. Now, my favorite movie, which I've said before, is, is Chariots of Fire and Larry Glitter would not run on a Sunday because he took Sabbath law very seriously. It was a personal choice of his, his denomination, which were old school Presbyterians. That was their belief system. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that, but He's free, should be able, he should be free to make that decision, okay? We should live in a country where, if it's a serious belief of yours, not just some somebody's making up to get out of work, but anybody in HR, human resources background, or dealing with people, I know for my own children, one who works way too much, when he doesn't take a day off, he gets overly stressed and overly things. He, he he you need a day off. Now sometimes on the day off they do too much playing around and then they're still tired for Monday and that's a huge problem. Okay, um, there's nothing wrong with having a little fun on the day off. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying you shouldn't like spend the whole day, you know, biking a hundred miles because to me that would be total work, but. Maybe for some people it's relaxing, but uh, I don't really have, I'm not a legalistic type person, really. I don't want to get into those discussions. But the seventh day does not have to be Saturday or Sunday. It just says the seventh day. Your body needs a day of rest. As the guy who created us, he knows that. And on top of it being something he commanded, it's just something we should do. Um, you know, you should never commit murder. You never get all the Thou on odds. You never commit adultery. All those are universal day 24, 365, no days off for any kind of holidays whatsoever. But this one is every seventh day. Common sense, again, which is all not all that common, and common grace fits in with this commandment that we should rest every day. Now, you don't have to be like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A just makes it real simple. They're just not open on Sunday. And I get it. That forces everybody to have a day off. The manager is not allowed to go to the store. Now, proper management would make sure that doesn't happen. And um, so... I I have no problem with Chick Fil A. It's a privately owned company. And they do what they want. Even as a publicly owned company, they can do what they want, as long as they are sort of universal in how they do it. So I have no real issue with what Chick Fil A does. I don't think it's required, but it's totally fine with me. <laughs> the only time I the only time i i I remember one time I traveled like to a foreign country and was exhausted coming back through. And I was all excited because the food the last day wasn't very to my likings. I, oh, good there's a Chick-fil-A here, but I didn't realize it was Sunday. So the airport, but yeah, so this is life, right? Simply put, we're better off observing the seventh day rest and keeping it holy than not. It's really that simple it's important that everybody does that you if you own a company and you let a guy come to work seven days a week and then eight days a week and that you're asking for trouble i mean i generally when i was in the middle ages of my career i was a turnaround specialist for printing companies and i worked way too many seven days Uh, we generally didn't work on the seventh day, but I'd go into office to get ready for Monday and that kind of stuff. And that was wrong of me, but I didn't have any strong. I mean, the reason they were in trouble, their owners didn't know exactly how to fix their problems. So they brought in a specialist like me to turn their company around. Um, So everybody needs a boss to say, Hey, six days, that's it. You know, America, for the most part, I mean, my dad grew up, that my career, my dad had working as a core engineers engineer. He never worked a Saturday. He worked five days a week. It was off Saturday and Sunday. And it was the same routine every day. Now he didn't, he did a very little travel. So that's just the way it was. And then, and for America through many a year, a lot of people didn't work with five days a week. And I think that's totally fine too. Well, the other things that I liked that I actually, they've all pretty much gone away. I mean, I don't like the fact that Amazon delivers on seven days a week. My UPS store where I get my packages is closed and they always seem to want to deliver on Sunday. And of course they're not there and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's totally fine to have a day to shut down in Texas where I was raised. We had, uh, I forgot what the law was, but certain products couldn't be sold on Sunday. Alcohol being one of them. Um, I, I have no trouble with that. They all of course went away and you know, you can buy anything in any day of the week and you know, a lot of stores are open every day. It's as the same person's out there. It's fine. Okay. It's really convenient, but I'm totally fine. In a lot of ways, they just shut the whole store down for a day. So I'm totally fine the way Chick-fil-A does it. So the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God has given to you. It's one of the only... These two are both unique in one way, but this one, there's a promise. Your days will be prolonged. That's not a Pacific That's kind of a general. If all the parents are honored and all the kids are honorable, things will just work out better. Okay? First, the word honor, I'm not sure everybody knows what that means, to be quite honest. You know, I wish I could sing here, you know, little Aretha Franklin. R-E-S-P-T-E-C-T, you know, respect, that's part of honor. Value is part of honor. Heed your parents' instructions. All that is very important. Now, um, today, and it's been that case, you know, there are certain parents that are just bad parents. And... That doesn't mean as a child you should not honor your parents. It also means if your parent tells you to go kill somebody, you shouldn't do it. That's not following their, they, you know, the old saying, everybody jumps off the cliff. No, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. Honor and respect them. No parent is perfect. Not even Dr. James Dobson, you know. No parent, and if you don't know who Dr. James Thompson is, look it up. He he wrote a whole bunch of books on parenting, and he had it. He was the founder of Focus on the Family, and he did a lot of wonderful things. And he's still alive, um, but he's up there in age. And um, but he his show was really helpful. You can respectfully disagree with your parents. You know, you can, kids can, should be able to, once they're adults especially, do their own thing. But I will tell you, there's a point in which you're doing your own thing that you're no longer respecting your parents. And that's bad. Um I didn't, I did this one fairly well. Um, my parents were not. Bible thumpers by any stretch of the nation. Um, I, my mother always went to church. My dad was what I call a fatal Presbyterian and I'll get into that someday, but they were good people and they never beat me. We weren't allowed to cuss. They never cussed at us. They never, you know, had tantrums. They weren't alcoholics. My dad smoked cigars and pipes until the surgeon general warning. And then he quit those. Um, We didn't have any alcohol in our house. My parents didn't drink. So. um, I had good parents for the most part. That being said, they're not, they weren't perfect. They made some mistakes and I can relate to those. Some people that, you know, have had issues with their parents. But uh, they weren't terrible. So there's a part of me that doesn't understand, you know these kids just totally go off the reservations. I mean, one of the things I heard on Facebook just this last week was some idiot kid comes home from college and was telling his parents that they were racist because they had sent him to a private school and, and to a private university. And by that, they're they're, They, they were racist. How stupid is that? Okay, that parent doesn't deserve that. They're trying to give their kids the best life they can. And the kid, because he's been taught some stupidity at college, is now calling his parents a racist and complaining for all the things he's been given. You know, their white privilege stuff. Okay. There is privilege. And sometimes it's white, but sometimes it's black. You cannot tell me it's not that way. Is there more white than black? Sure, there's more whites than black in America. But let me tell you something. Two of the most privileged kids are black. They are the daughters of President Obama. Those kids can get anything they want. They may have not figured it out yet that they can get anything they want because I think they're only in college. But literally, they're like Chelsea Clinton. She got offered an $800,000 tv contract straight out of college i think or shortly thereafter college and then you know now she's working for i think her parents foundation making some ridiculous amount of money of which she's not qualified i don't think to do but that's neither here nor there the obama kids are more privileged than any of my kids by far and you know so, I don't buy that whole privilege bit. But, back to the commandment. Um, honor your parents. They're the only parents you have. The fact alone tells us how important God deemed honoring parents. In effect, the Ten Commandments gives us two that are on the positive side. Remember the sabbath and honor your mother and your father. All the others are things not to do. Now for 1300 years God had these commandments and then he showed up in the person of Jesus. And some people say, well, he he replaced all the laws well, he did. He, he did do away with the Jewish laws, but they still should be studied to understand because the moral laws are still moral. Christians should try to be moral more on that later. He didn't replace any of the 10 commandments. He tried to summarize them. He tried to can't remember 10. How about two? um, but he never did away with them. And multiple times he re, re he stated those commandments back to people. I mean he was there writing them. So Dennis Prager makes this comment. Implicit in the commandment to honor parents is the expectation for parents to act in a way that elicits their children's respect. This means first and foremost parents should act honorably. It's difficult to honor parents who are dishonorable, such as parents that are criminal or dysfunctional have drug use or alcohol problems and treat their own parents terribly. Here's a key word. Here's a key sentence to this whole thing. It also means parents must act as their children's parents and not their best friends or their peers. And that's from uh, Dennis's, the rational Bible on in exodus um and that's the two commandments we're going to deal with today it's uh about 22 minutes into the the podcast if i go into the other five it's going to be way long i'd rather do all five of those and try to keep that one under an hour so thanks and have a wonderful day
0: Thanks for listening to the Vorthos Podcast. Visit vorthos.net for more information. That's vorthos, V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. You may follow at Vorthos on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on the Vorthos Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Vorthos Podcast. Any content provided by Matt or our guests are their opinion and not intended to malign or insult anyone or anything. Matt w. Ruff can be reached at MattWRuff at porthos.net. That's M-A-T-T-W-R-U-F-F at V-O-R-T-H-O-S.net.